Welcome to Change One Page, a screenwriting rewriting podcast. I'm your host, Dashiell Driscoll. Today, I'm joined by Heidi Heaslett, the executive producer and host of the Funny Dance Show coming to E next year, 2020? Yes, 2020. 2020, new decade? New decade, new me. You new, know? <laughs> new decade, new you, even though it was technically from last decade. Which yeah, feel like. yeah, it was shot in 20. 18. Whoa, wow, that feels, that was so long ago. Oh, it was. Uh, Heidi, thank you so much for having me on this remote recording location here in downtown Los Angeles. Thank you for coming to me. I do not have a car at this time in my life, so I really appreciate you being here. It's great. Downtown uh, LA feels like another city. <laughs> if you, I'm from West Hollywood, and when I came here, it was like, oh, I'm like too soft for downtown. Like downtown's going to eat me up and spit me out. <laughs> yeah, you have to bring your passport, actually. They'll stamp it on the way out. Yeah, my head was on a full swivel just navigating. The, the, <laughs> also, there's so many one-way streets. It, it don't, Every time I'm here, it's like, it feels like I'm just going to die driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, luckily I don't have a car, so I never experienced that. But I'm on the boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, so lots of pants down, down here and... Um, as a previously poor person, I mean, still probably poor in the scope of things, but I'm in a nice building, so I don't have to see pants down unless I want to walk on the ground. Yeah, you can look out the window, and I'm sure if you invest in some binoculars, you can you can see people shitting on the floor all day <laughs> yeah. long. Really... I actually saw one on the roof next door last week. I saw someone. I have video. On the roof. Fo- I have video footage. I didn't huh. post it because I felt like that was rude. Yeah. To post a video of someone shitting, even though she was doing it on Whoa, a roof. Whoa! What and... a twist! I didn't. <laughs> that's not who I was picturing. I, didn't, I guess it's 2019. <laughs> Ladies, ladies are shitting on roofs too. Yeah, and she had a date too. Like she shit on the roof, and then I think they like did drugs and fucked. Wow. Honestly, does downtown not, LA not, not not the worst date? <laughs> like, it sounds like they have common interests. Yeah, drugs and roofs, and everyone's got to shit eventually. You eventually, might as, well, you might as well just get to that like first real vacation shit uh, on a roof on probably date number three. Maybe they've been together a while. Who knows? Right. What I loved is she was looking like right and left, like as if she was crossing mm-hmm. the street, like trying to make sure no one was looking. And I just was like looking from above, like, nah, bitch, the enemy's up here. Like I felt yeah. like a sniper <laughs> looking at her shit. Anyways, yeah, you're downtown LA. I am in downtown LA. <laughs> uh, and downtown LA bears, at least for me, because I just watched this in the last 24 hours, I was getting a... Uh, I was picking up, feeling like I was in New York City. Yeah. Not, because downtown LA is the closest thing LA has to like, feeling like you're in, I think if you come to LA from any real city, you'd be very confused. Yes. It seems to be like the, the gist I get when someone visits. Yes. But downtown does feel like a- City. It feels like an actual city. Not yeah. like, not like Westwood, like, no. or like, you know, Santa Monica. Those feel like nice places. A city's like- the city's yeah. got a little grid on top of it. Yeah. And downtown sure has that. Oh, man. It's got it. Uh, we like to call it uh, uh, New York light. Like, oh, yeah. It, I get that. And I used to always want to live in New York in like my fantasy is like every person. I'm from like California, L.A. And like uh, then when I moved downtown, I was like, yeah, fuck New York. This is the max that I can take. Like, yeah. I can't totally. do more than this. Right. <laughs> if, it, if, it started, if it started snowing here for several months, yeah. you'd, you'd certainly be gone. <laughs> Be fucking pissed. Yeah. yeah. So New York, which which is in the movie that you selected. Now, if you've never heard this podcast, which welcome to the podcast here on Change One Page, the guest today being Heidi, picks a film or TV show, and we each take turns uh, on our own before this changing one page of that script 
and we're going to read each other's pages and then talk about how those pages change the script. If they do, I don't know. I haven't read Heidi's. She hasn't read mine. Mm-mm. I feel like a magician reading the rules or something. Like, <laughs> nothing on my sleeve. We haven't read each other's pages. Today, Heidi picked... The Devil Wears Prada. The Devil Wears Prada, a movie from 2006. Yeah. Starring Anne Hathaway uh-huh. and Meryl Streep. Yeah. And a bunch of other people. I can't even remember. I feel so bad. The dude... Adrian, is it Adrian Brody? Adrian, Adrian Groner? Gr- Adrian Gr- Gr- Grenier. Gr- oh. Grenier. Adrian Grenier. Grenier. Yeah. Yeah. Gr- Adrian Entourage. The dude yes, from Entourage. Exactly. Which had, I, I am not the best host. I should have Googled. I don't think Entourage was out in 2006. It couldn't have been because, to be honest, in this film, he's a little like puffy in the cheeks. Hmm. And I think for uh, Entourage, he had to slim down a little Got bit. It. I think it might have been like. His first, and you know, I've been there. Your first paying role, you can finally eat food. You yeah. know, your body kind of swells up a little bit. So I sure. think it was pre-entourage. Got it. Well, then you got guys like Ben Stiller who don't even need to be ripped for roles, but he just shows up like shredded day one. Like, <laughs> like he's a veteran of this business. There's like several Ben Stiller roles where he just like is suddenly shirtless for no reason. And you're like, I get that. Like if I went through all the trouble to be ripped yeah. for my job, I take my job seriously. If you're going to pay me that much money. Maybe he really wanted to be a model and he's just like, he's I'm just still going to have the abs. Revealing that to us yeah. through various choices. <laughs> uh, so if you've never seen Devil Wears Prada, which I don't know where you were in 2006 because this movie was enormous, to quickly summarize, uh, it's about Anne Hathaway is a struggling out of college reporter, journalist, wannabe kind of person. She's not making it in the big city, Mm-mm. you know? She's struggling. And then she gets an opportunity to be an assistant to, it's basically Vogue. They call it runway yeah. in the movie, but it's Vogue. And she gets an, uh, an opportunity to be the second assistant. If you're unfamiliar with assistant culture, <laughs> that's, like, that's like the shittiest rung on the totem pole. And she, uh, Meryl Streep's character, who is named Miranda, and she gets to be Miranda's assistant. And Miranda's like a nightmare. She's, she's a, cl- a classic Scary bad boss. She's what's her name with the glasses? Anna Winter. Yeah, she's That's, Anna, she's, she's, she's I Anna think Winter. She's essentially Anna Winter, right? Yeah, but even more comical. Like, yes. Honestly, the first time I saw this movie, I was kind of expecting it to be actually revealed. This woman is like the real fucking devil. <laughs> like, like <laughs> she's like same. She's like so mean. I was kind of expecting there to be a scene somewhere at the end where like the lights get red and like <laughs> it's like oh fuck. Uh, but she she makes it eventually. Eventually, after making some sacrifices and mm-hmm. throwing some people under the bus and breaking up with her super shitty boyfriend, who she gets back together with, she makes it in this biz. But also quits the job in Paris at the very very end because she's like, it's sucking my soul to be in high fashion. But like chills for whatever reason, maybe because it's about what we're about to talk about. But yeah. like. To quit in Paris? God, I wish I had that level of privilege. Yeah, she throws a sidekick. <laughs> I don't know how, like, the, the, the nostalgia factor was through the roof from, it was 2006, so we're pre-iPhone. Yeah. A Motorola Razor was the, the greatest technological accomplishment since mankind went to the moon, allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, takes her, like, sidekick, which was the, like, strangest, it was a, it was a spring-loaded cell phone where you would, the screen would like whip around. <laughs> you could like use it as a weapon on yeah. someone and it would whip around and then you'd have a full keyboard to text and she throws it in a fountain in Paris. Like, I'm over this job. I'm gonna go back to my garbage boyfriend. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Does she even take the day? Like, does she just go right to the airport? Like, <laughs> like, dude, 
Like, also, I'm like, now that I realize it's a sidekick, I'm like, is that like some sort of metaphor that originally she was the sidekick and she's like... Oh, no, it was certainly no, a branded deal. No. It was certainly like... <laughs> You're like, no, it's not. You know, the president of T-Mobile just like financed this film. Because I think there's also a few ringtones that pop off in this movie where I'm like, wow, this sounds... <laughs> This sounds like borderline pre-9-11. Yeah. <laughs> like the noises these phones are making. Yeah, dude. Especially like in the, uh, there's like a, 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 not a tornado, but some sort of disaster in at wherever her Miranda's at. I think it's like a storm. A and storm, that's when a hurricane the, or something. And that's when yeah. those really sounds pop off a lot. Like yeah, she's at dinner with her dad. Yes. And her phone makes a noise. It's like, it's like, fuck, phones don't. Phones, phones do not do that anymore. You're like, is that an Amber Alert? Like- yeah. Now, now you have pretty much two options, which is either like a or just a normal ass ring, or you hear like a a dog barking out of someone's pocket. Yeah. yeah. And nothing else. And most phones really, I don't hear phones even ring that much. Like my shit's on vibrate all the time. All the time. The only reason mine was on ring was because I had to let you into the parking garage. And That's then, true. And then it rang about, and I was like, oh god, I didn't even realize my phone made that noise. I, I know, and I, I, I like, I texted you. I'm here. I was about to call, and I was like, I don't know about the, all this calling stuff. Like, <laughs> like, I who uses phones to call anymore? But so that is the broad strokes. Oh, also the the first assistant at a in Andrea. We didn't even say her name. We just called her Anne Hathaway. It's Andrea. That's that's her name in the movie. There's like a first assistant above her named Emily who kind of makes her life hell like the shit rolls downhill kind of thing. Which is played by Emily Blunt. This is one of my favorite roles of Emily Blunt. I know she's Mary Poppins now, but I love this fucking role. She looks different. Like maybe time just changes us all but emily i was like that does not look like emily blunt it doesn't yeah i mean i guess red hair changes people i should know i'm a redhead right in case you're listening this is a you know this is not a visual medium but heidi is a redhead natural redhead natural redhead so she relates to emily blunt's character i'm sure uh heidi probably should have asked you this ahead of time but would you like to read your page first or second it's your choice as the guest um, let's get through my shitty writing first. Okay. Um, because mine's not even on like script format. You know what? You're the, I'll say this. This is, this is episode five. <laughs> I might, I might start offering some, um, like an email with some resources of like, of like, cause there are, there are like, like, but you're also the second, you're the second person in five episodes to just send me like a loose word document. Uh, Chase Bernstein did the first episode. It wasn't even in a document. It was in the body of the email. <laughs> which is even like another but also just uh, <laughs> also several people like i did i recorded one yesterday with cole hirsch and uh and one before that with alex griffin who used to work at funny or die and they both came in with like three to four pages <laughs> and i was i appreciate the renegade spirit uh you know writing writing doesn't need to be contained the, the title of this podcast just a suggestion just a just a jumping off point so we have your change one page which it is a page and I also, you, you sent me the script, like the actual... The I, actual script, so, in case you needed that. Okay, but we don't... Do we need this for this? No, it, it's all I here. just didn't know if you wanted it or no, not, just I, to like prove that it's from an actual point. I didn't in know the movie, it, yeah. in no, the movie. I, 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 it's great. And also, so you... So good on you for finding the actual script. I did not do this, but I, I probably should have. Shout out to uh, my boyfriend, John Scarlett. His first original job was like a script reader person he'll i'm gonna fuck up the title nope, that's but it you he, got it <laughs> person. so he had to like always find scripts and knew how to whatever do shit with scripts so he was like i'll pull it for you 
And so he pulled it for me, and I had it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so this, where about in the plot, if you can kind of just give us like what's going on so, around the time you changed. So this page. what's going on is um, Andrea. We call her Andy. Uh, her friends. Oh, call right, her Andy. Andy. Yeah. Andy. Yeah. Um, basically, she's been failing at this job up mm-hmm. until this point. Like, you know, Miranda Priestly, uh, you know, took a chance on her, whether or not for her own amusement or whether or not because she believed in her. We don't, we never really know because it's Miranda Priestly. But up until this point, she's been fucking failing. She's been a shitty fucking assistant. And she's like, right before this moment, she's been tasked with, if you've ever been an assistant, and I have, with like the impossible task. Right. um, And she did that with flying colors, which was to get a copy of Harry Potter before it was published. <laughs> the <laughs> like, unreleased manuscript. Cause it, yes. and she like, the reason she gets tasked with that is retaliation. Cause she fucks something else up. Yes. So she like witnesses a private moment of Miranda's in yes. her home. Yes. She should have just dropped some shit off. So she's like Miranda the next day, very snootily is like, Oh, well, because you can do anything. Yes. Fetch me the unreleased Harry Potter. Yes. And by the way, in 2006, when Harry Potter was like <laughs> peak, Peak Potter. Peak like, Potter. Yeah, we it was it was Potter was popping off at levels we we really don't even understand now. Yeah. And to get an unreleased book, it'd be like saying, "Get me the unreleased Game of Thrones right now." Yeah, like, it'd exactly. be like that that exactly. level of request. Yes. Insane. And she says, "If you don't do it, don't even come back." Exactly. Yeah, you have like ten minutes. You have like <laughs> ten minutes. So basically, she fucking does that. In in <laughs> in the moment of like thinking she can't do it, she calls her boyfriend Nate and is like, "I'm gonna fucking quit." And he's like so excited. And he was like, yeah, quit. This job sucks. He's never been supportive this whole fucking time. Garbage guy. Gar- like yeah. garbage boyfriend. Like yeah. I don't even know if I have time to get into the levels of garbage. Like just never supportive. Never being like, hey, dude, I know you need a job right now. This may not be the job that you want forever. But like you have a job. Like just nothing supportive. She, just- comes home, she comes home the first day and is like telling him what a nightmare it is. He is making her a grilled cheese sandwich for dinner as if, like, nothing wrong with a grilled cheese sandwich, but, right. like, he's barely listening, flipping Barely. This. And then he, he throws this thing on a plate, and she's like, I don't even want it. And instead of being like, what do you want? Right. You need to eat so- something. Like, like, how can, or like, wow, this, it, like, he's like, give me that sandwich. <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, there's good cheese in there. Like, just, like, <laughs> That's just- what he says. He says there's a, do- he's like, there's like $8 worth of cheese in there. And like, he eats it. It's oh, like, this guy sucks. Like, you suck. So he's just never been supportive. She's about to quit. Anyways, she gets the fucking manuscript, right? And then right <laughs> after that moment, it's like, you know, Miranda's like, hmm, didn't see that coming. She's faced with another impossible task, which is memorize all these people's names for this big function tonight. Emily's like, you have to come. I'm kind of sick. You have to mer- memorize these, both these. It's like four yearbooks worth of like just people she's never known. So she's like, didn't quit the job because she did the impossible Harry Potter task. Then she goes <laughs> to the event, which is like she's second assistant. So she doesn't get to whisper first everything in Miranda's ear. It's always Emily. And then Emily can't remember someone. She can't remember. She can't remember. She can't remember. And Andy is like, I can't jump in because when you're second assistant, you're like, I can only jump in until like I have to. Like I can't, I can't cut in line. I have to give her to the last second. And right at the last second, she remembers the senator's name and 
and the mistress that he has now married and like the and she's done it. I get chills. She's done it. <laughs> and like and and she did the thing and like I think right after this, even after that, like she's I can't remember if she's invited to Paris right before this or right after this fight. It's it's, it's after it's because, after this because fight. Yeah, Miranda's okay. like still soaking she, it she, in. She's like, so, I need the strongest team possible. Yes, that's no longer Emily's yes. dumbass who can't like remember yes. five thousand names and who yes. they're fucking. <laughs> These are like weirdly specific notes in this right. book. <laughs> like he cheated on his wife with this lady. <laughs> like, yeah, like just odd. Like how are you supposed to remember people's affairs? Like I don't even think they how many affairs. <laughs> like how much of that book was like the affair and like was it bullet pointed underneath How? yeah because the most important person is the 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 lead whether it's the guy or the woman like <laughs> the affairs is secondary certainly right like certainly can't you introduce whoever you're fucking at the time yeah like, oh this is it, you use a few like this is my friend or just the the timeless this is insert name yeah and you let the person you're talking to figure it out yes exactly but you're supposed to remember. anyway she's done this fucking thing she runs into a homeboy on her way out who, like, helped her do the Harry Potter thing. She's like, I've got to get home. I can't stay for the after party. Right. The, the, handsome, gr- the handsome writer Whatever guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. And she runs home, and it happens to be Nate's birthday. Right. And she's been out all... She, and she says yeah. at, at the gala, she's like, I'm so late for, like, Nate. It's like... Yeah. I have a problem with adult birthdays in general. Sure. Do you have birthday week friends? No, I do. No, I do. But I'm starting to release them from my life. Yeah. I'm like, it's your, you're an adult. Unless you're throwing a party where like I get to come and jump on a slide and like everything's paid for. Yeah. I don't want to take my Thursday night out and spend $75 with like people you don't even like. I don't even know. I don't want to do this with you. Anyways, it's her fucking boyfriend's birthday. She comes home. And in the real movie, she's like, happy birthday. And he's like, don't even bother. And like, it doesn't matter. And he like goes to bed and is like a dick. She has a cupcake with a single candle. Yes. It's very sad. And, and, very way, sad. and way before the cupcake trend, like she probably had to track that down at some weird bodega. Like who knows where that cupcake came from? That's what I was thinking. It's like in 2006, this was an effort. Yeah. There, there weren't just sprinkles ATMs on every goddamn corner like we're living exactly. today now. So she's like trying her best. Yeah. So that's that's where we pick up. That's is, where we pick up. Uh, and I see the I see the slug line here on the you got the the working script, but this is uh, oh also would you like me to read direction or you want to read direction or I'll read I'll read I'll read direction and Andy and okay. you just take care of Nate. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, because I don't know if you can tell what's direction or not, so I'll read the direction. All right, and this is about page seventy-seven is yep. where it appears to be. Yep. All right. Happy birthday. Nate turns off the TV. We can't quite tell if he's mad. It's a tense moment. Nate, I'm so sorry. I I really was trying to leave, but there was a lot going on. And honestly, I I didn't have a choice. Well, honestly, I was really fucking killing it. Like for the first time, like I finally have my job down. Like I can really handle like what's... Andy, don't worry about it. Andy can't tell if he's mad or trying to comfort her. No, like, really don't worry about it. I'm a grown-ass man, and we can celebrate my birthday tomorrow or this weekend. I know this job has been stressing you out, and I even tried to celebrate you quitting, which was fucked. And look, you just keep pushing, because you are Andy, and now you're invaluable to Miranda fucking Priestley? Of course you are. This is all said with a ton of love and self-awareness that he hasn't 
you know, been supportive of this whole fucking time. <laughs> Wait, you really aren't mad? Oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. I, I truly left as quickly as I could. No, I'm not mad. And I've been a dick. Stuff at work has been shitty and I've been taking it out on you. I want to hear more about tonight. And then I want to do birthday sex for the rest of the week. Maybe the month. I love you. <laughs> Andy and Nate laugh and kiss. They're finally back on the same page. We fade out on, you know, them sitting at the table, splitting up the cupcake. Andy is catching Nate up on everything. He's finally listening. We're happy he's not being a dick and is supportive of her new future. Maybe there's a cute montage of them ordering pizza and Chinese food, you know, going all out. And then they go to the bedroom and birthday fuck. Great page. <laughs> Very different movie suddenly. <laughs> Suddenly, she, Nate, not the not the bad guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, I've heard, I think you said this when you first picked the movie, uh, but I've heard this argument before yes, that he's, so he's, he's the quiet villain yes. of the film. Because he's the only one, like, I think the when she finally, when, in the very beginning when she gets the job, the first words out of his mouth was like, was it a phone interview? He, like, calls her ugly. Yes. Like, at dinner with friends. Yes. He's been, so... You radically altered the dialogue, or the, yes. the, excuse me, radically altered the narrative, because in the actual movie, she comes home with a cupcake, and he's like, he, I think he does say, don't worry about it, or whatever. Yeah, he says, he literally says, she says, happy birthday, Nate, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 and then he says, don't worry about it, I'm going to bed, and he yeah. walks past her. Yeah, when someone says, don't worry about it, followed by, I'm going to bed, you got a lot to worry about, because that person <laughs> is, you're not, like... They're, they're basically telling you how pissed off they are, but that they're giving you no opportunity to come back from it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what that means. Yes. If you've never been in a relationship, don't worry about it, I'm going to bed, means this will not be resolved when we wake up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it means you sit out there on the couch and worry the fuck about it. Yeah, you sit in it. You sit in it like a dog who's made a mess. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I wanted to make Nate... Because there were there were two things that I wanted to change. The the other thing I wanted to change was the ending, but that's really a two page situation. Thank you for honoring the, the the one page of it all. Something I've already thrown two guests under the bus for not doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to honor the one page. Um, I I really wanted her to just tell him the fuck off at the end of the at, at the end of the movie. But again, I didn't, I'm not a skilled enough, I sold an unscripted TV show, not a scripted one. Um, so I'm not as skilled at that uh, as I could be. But I also wanted to give Nate the opportunity to not be an asshole. Because yeah. sometimes we are dicks to our partners because of things that are going on in our own life. Totally. And I wanted to give Nate like some self-awareness and like, you know, I know he's a struggling chef. Yeah. And, you know, he was, as you said, mad about the cheese. And, you know, we never get to really know what's going on in Nate's life. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's going through his own Devil Wears Prada. Like, maybe he's right. got his own chef, Miranda Priestly, like, Miranda Heasley. I don't know why it sounds like me. But, like, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that chef is making his life shit. And, like, you know, he thinks he's living the dream. And, like, she's conforming. And, like... Maybe he's been blinded and, you know, I just wanted Nate to grow the fuck up in this moment in yeah. the same way that Andy did. Like, Andy rose to the occasion and was like, you know, I get this is not my ideal dream job, but like, I did it. Like, I did it. I fucking did it. I'm doing it. I've had jobs like that where you're like, not what I want to do, but like, now I'm fucking owning this shit. And I just wanted him to own his own shit. And that's why I changed it. Changes the rest of the script. Does it? That I mean, she doesn't. So, 
I think shortly after this, they break up or go on a break. I think this is kind of the straw that broke the the back. That's why I chose it. But she then, so like the the handsome, uh, I think his name is Christian in this movie. It's like, of course it is. Of course it is. Christian devil. Doesn't go by by Chris. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's got like like too much of a flowing head of like blonde locks to go by Chris. He's Christian. He's Christian. And so he helps her with the hair. He, He meets her at a party. They kind of flirt. Then he helps with the Harry Potter thing, which is impossible. And then right before she comes home with a cupcake, he like sees her and like flirts with her yes, again. Yes. And then they hook up in Paris. Yes. And shockingly, this Christian guy turns out to not be so wonderful. <laughs> the guy who's just been relentlessly trying to get you to break up with your boyfriend <laughs> so he can bang you in his hotel room. Is apparently not a great dude. Is apparently like a little shady. So, <laughs> so in this version, but he does only really like go in for the kill in Paris because he's like, oh, you guys broke up. Mm-hmm. And then he says some shit in French. It's like, this guy's playbook is pretty masterful, but like ultimately <laughs> pretty corny. <laughs> like, uh, but so in this version, she would not hook up with Christian. No. I take it. No, because she would be like, I have a supportive boyfriend. Like he's down. Like you got me the Harry Potter book, but like that's where it ends. You know, yeah. like you don't get to get in my pussy because of Potter. You yeah, know? you don't get that Potter pussy. You Absolutely don't get that not. Potter pussy. I don't think she no. would doing Potter pussy in Paris. That wouldn't Potter the- pussy in Paris, <laughs> which is the name of the the manuscript she was trying to get a hold of so desperately. <laughs> It was a working draft. Potter pussy in Paris. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think she would um, hook up with him. And then I also think that at the end of the movie, um, spoiler alert, like she gives up her whole fucking, in the original, gives up her whole fucking career to like move with him because he got a chef job in like, I don't even remember where, but he's like, oh, and she was like, mm, well, and he was like, well, I think you could, and he like invites her. It's a pretty so good she, impression. Yeah, and he's like, well, maybe there's a fucking, you could come too, and I can make you grilled cheese sandwiches there, yeah. you know, with $10 cheese. And she just gives up her whole fucking career that she just like fought, Tooth or not nail, career, yeah. but like this, this opportunity. Whole, this yeah. opportunity. Yeah. And like moves to, with him to this new chef job, like, I think what happens in my ideal end of the script, if they were to stay together and she doesn't do the Potter pussy in Paris, is like when he gets a chef opportunity, I still think they break up. I think they break up there. Like I think she continues her job in New York and he goes to wherever his chef job wherever is. Wherever the fuck it was. I forgot too. I, I honestly like yeah. barely, that was a, such a blip in yeah, this fucking movie. Like yeah, like fucking Wisconsin or whatever. Yeah, cheese, but, cheese capital. He'll yeah, be so happy there. Yeah, he's so happy there. But then also maybe she becomes like the next Miranda Priestly and he actually has like a great career as a chef and they remain like broken up friends. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, a, like this, an amicable... This version, sorry, I'm cut no, you go ahead. Like an amicable like, hey dude, we dated in New York and like, it was supposed to be good and it was shitty for a while, but then we both got other opportunities and like, it wasn't right in the first place. And we broke, like, I think they break up at the end of the movie instead of her fucking flying to Wisconsin to be his fucking sous chef at home. Yeah. Also, if you've been in a relationship in New York city or know someone who has, that's pretty much the way it goes. Uh, There's like, I know like a, a dozen friends who moved to New York after college and, None of them stayed in relationships that worked out. <laughs> you just kind of figure out after a while. Maybe it's an age thing, but it feels like New York is like a weird relationship pressure cooker where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like we're gonna try this for a while and then nope. All right, see you. See you on the subway. And that's what I think. That's what I think. Realistically, happens doesn't make as good of a heartbreaking movie. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Is there no devil? Who knows? But like, also in this this version of Nate, at the very end, would be like, look, you you took this job because it'll help you with your career. Right. You got to stick with it. 
And I like, this is like loving, supportive Nate. Yeah. Not like pouty, selfish. Yeah. Like, man, me, 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 Nate, you know? Which is who he was the whole movie, but yeah. we're just giving him some redemption. Some yeah, self-awareness. And it also means when like Anne Hathaway, or sorry, Andrea, Andy, when she's in Paris and Christian is like trying to make the move, she's like, look, right. like behind my strong ass is a dude who makes me grilled cheese sandwiches whether I want them or not. <laughs> <laughs> but he loves me and yeah. we are we got a thing and like I don't need you. That's a great that's a great change. Thanks. And it, it gives honestly it gives a happier ending because like it's kind of she she gets a job at a newspaper at the end, but right. she's really good at the fashion thing. You know, she's good at it. She's like a fresh voice. Yeah. And a new perspective, which is valuable. And people like her, which goes a long fucking way in any job. Yes. Yeah. That's a really, that's a nice change. So that's my change. And it, and it gives Nate the, I mean, it gives, it gives the, 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 the canonical Nate the ending he deserves, which is to be alone. <laughs> but uh, it's nice. Yeah. Andy shouldn't have to, she kind of sacrifices like everything for nothing like she yeah it's it's, it's kind of nonsense yes you know and that's why i didn't like it it's because i'm like so she she did all of this and then she gave it up so why'd she do it in the first place like yeah why did what? you go through this hell like and do you know how expensive that sidekick is in 2006 probably like <laughs> she's probably like throwing like 400 dollars away into some fountain like it's probably i i feel uncultured but i'm my gut says, and I might be way wrong on this, I feel like it's probably some like, is it a famous fountain? I mean, it's it France. Everything, everything I, has, yeah, every, yeah, it's Paris. Know. Everything has history. Was maybe, it maybe shot in Paris, though? There are a few shots. They oh. go, although maybe they just sent like... A B-crew? A B-crew, yeah. And they're just on like the Universal back lot. They're downtown. <laughs> <laughs> they're down, they, they took the New York streets and like threw some baguettes on the floor. I'm like, it's Paris now. They're like, it's Paris, yeah. yeah. But I mean, even more than the sidekick, like... That wasn't your original booked flight home. Like, so you just that day, like, left Paris? Yeah, you just you went just... to the airport with a ticket. Like, that that thing happens in movies, and I like, am what? always so fascinated by it when people are just like, I need a flight out. It's like, that's not how, air have you been to an airport? Like, like that's they... <laughs> not at all what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Realistically, you would have finished the job and then decided to quit or not. Like, you would have stayed for Paris. Also, Andy is this smart person who figured right. out how to get the fucking Harry Potter thing and figured out how to get all this fucking shit. What dumbass leaves Fashion Week? I'm not even like good at fashion and I wouldn't leave Fashion Week. Like right. that's a fun thing to do. Yeah. That's a party. Yeah, like, how, how often do you get invited to that? And also we should say the reason she leaves is because uh, Miranda is, we find out she's going to be like ousted from her job as yes. editor. Yes. And her rival is going to take her job. Yes. But Miranda has been playing some like chess behind the scenes. Yes. And she got her rival, and it's it's kind of convoluted. Basically, like this guy, Nigel, who's uh, Andy's good friend in the operation, like Miranda's kind of number two. The you, number twos link up. The number twos link up. Like you, you think, you think Nigel's up for some other job and he's going to get it, but then Miranda has like, She's played chess, so it's like the rival gets the job, so Miranda doesn't get fired, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. she and and Andy's like, "What the fuck? You just threw Nigel under the bus," and she says, "Well, you did that when my number one is when you replaced yeah. her to come to Paris." Right. And Andy has this moment like, "Oh, I don't want a part of this life. I don't want to be the devil who wears Prada. Yeah, I don't want to be. I just want to be the the bitch who throws a sidekick in a fountain, which, by <laughs> the way, also is like is like international littering." 
in, right. in what I assume to be, and I'm like, I'm just going off. This, I assume to be a very famous fountain. You're really, you're really <laughs> yeah. stuck on this. I'm stuck kick. on, I'm stuck on the fountain that it's like, a, it's like, like the police run up on her, like, hey, ma'am, <laughs> madame, <laughs> <laughs> madame, please, no, who's yeah, this no. very nice fountain? This Get your my... expensive trash out of our French fountain. Please don't do that. Yeah, please and don't. Go back to your job. Yeah. Like, even if you don't want to be this person, okay, well, you should still be the person who, like, does the job you're hired to do. Like, here's my thing. The only, I mean, only quit a job if you're, like, in the middle of the job, if you're being, like, abused. Right. Like, fine, then walk out. If you're being abused, I'm all down for that. But, like, if you're fucking Anna Wintour's fucking BFF assistant during Fashion Week... Throw on some fucking shades and hang in. It's a week. Like, yeah. hang in there. Which, by the way, she's only been nice to you for like three days. Like, she's been like really mean to you for almost a year is right. kind of the timeline. Yes. It's a little blurry, but it's like about a year and yes. change. Uh, which is the number she's like, if I work this a year, I can have any job. Which I kind of question that one too. <laughs> but like, I don't know about all that. I don't know if you can go like, whatever. Yeah. But she quits at the finish line. And yeah, it's like, you should just stick this one out. Totally. Which she would in this one. In this one, she would. Because yeah. she would be like, dude, I have my, my boyfriend I love is like, yeah. back me up. Like, we've been through a rough time this year. Like, but, you know, he's he's there for me. And, like, I did this and I feel accomplished. And, like, you know, I have his back. And, like, relationships end. But, like, he wasn't, he apologized for being a dick. And we, like, you know, fucking as friends. Like, and we finally have some justification. Like, oh, his work is hell. And. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's my page. All right. Thank you, Heidi. I really enjoyed your page. Thanks. And uh, moving right along to my page, which, which is, I... Which is I, half wet on my side I know, because yeah, you, I knocked over... I can't believe it. I did A glass that. of water. I you, literally yeah. said it out loud before we started this podcast. I was like, I'm going to move the water away from the electronics. See, but why doesn't the rest of life work that way? Like, I'm going to walk outside and find $60,000 <laughs> in a nice backpack. Right. A, a really nice backpack with all the nice compartments. Like, I'm going to find... 60 G's in that. It only works for shitty things. So true. It's so true. So I, I ballparked this one at 72, but now, because you have an actual working script, I'm guessing this is a little later. Um, I usually just do the page a minute rule, but uh, please don't start reading. I see you reading. Okay, okay. okay Everyone does that. I don't it's okay. It's, it's a normal, okay. you know what? It's a normal reaction to a page with words on it. So <laughs> this takes place before Paris, but okay. after the scene where... Emily, the number one assistant, is like, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's, he, who, who's he cheating on his wife with? <laughs> and Anne Hathaway steps in. So this takes place right after that okay. where Meryl Streep's character, Miranda, where she says, hey, you're going to Paris with me. Yes. You're, you're my new, essentially my new number one. Yes. And you need to tell Emily. Yes. Who Emily has been like starving herself. Yes. She's... Which she has no self confidence. More on more on this maybe in a minute. But the movie they like rip on Anne Hathaway for being fat the whole time, and yes. she is bone skinny. And Emily even is like, "You fat bitch!" Like she's like saying like he's like really nasty. Like you won't fit into anything. Like you guys are the same size. Same size. And like same size. Yeah, like your arms are like sticks. Like you're not like. I get extremely frustrated with that in movies when like you're so fat, and I'm like, she's my goal weight like like or like even smaller than my goal weight like yeah, also they they were supposed to assume or we're supposed to believe by the end of the film she's like slimmed down to fit in all these clothes she's this guess what guys they film movies out of sequence like like they, they filmed her fat scene 
the, the, the same day, potentially, as her skinny scene. Or like, within the same three months. Yeah, certainly within just, the same. I mean, definitely. <laughs> I would hope so. I, I, otherwise, they're like, just burning money on this set <laughs> if they can't get it done. And she was never, like, in a fat suit. Like No, she just wears, like, a kind of frumpy sweater. <laughs> just a not flattering. Like, not the most... I, honestly, even like the clothes that are supposed to be fashionable in this movie look ridiculous now. <laughs> like she walks in with some hat at one point where she looks like an extra in a Britney Spears video <laughs> in the background, <laughs> like watching Britney. Like she looks insane. But so this this page is when uh, Andy is on the phone with Emily in the office right after yep. uh, Miranda's like, you got to tell Emily about what's going on. So this is... Is this when Emily's like running through the streets of New York? Correct, yeah. Got it. So, so this is uh, Andy calling Emily. I will read direction and you can read Emily, oh, if that's God. okay. Oh, thank God. I'm so excited because she's a redhead. Great. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about yes. that. Yes. Oh, uh, so excited. Okay. So this is, uh, this is intercut between uh, Andy in the office and mm-hmm. Emily on the streets of Manhattan. So intercut between Andy and Emily continued mid-page on 72. Great. Uh, em- Emily, I need to talk to you. Emily frantically races through Manhattan, her arms full of bags of designer clothes. I called Miranda at home. She, um... Emily jostles a pedestrian with her cargo. She's not looking where she's going. Well, sorry. Uh, she opened the shop early for me, so I got them. Andrea struggles with what she has to say. Emily, when you come in, there's, there's something I have to talk to you about. I hope it's not another Miranda problem. Not exactly. Oh, good. I've got so much to deal with before Paris. I swear to God. Honk! A taxi speeds towards Emily in the crosswalk. Emily's jaw drops. The yellow beast barrels down on her. Crash! Emily's body rolls on the hood of the car. Delicate tissue paper and gossamer fabric erupt from her bags and fill the sky. They rain down slowly on Emily's lifeless body sprawled out on the street. Blood leaks from her mouth. A rat scurries over and chews on her ear. Emily? Exterior. Cemetery. Day. Andrea and Miranda, dressed in black couture, sit front row at Emily's sparsely attended funeral. An old man with bagpipes, Emily's grandfather, plays Danny Boy slowly. (laughs) I never thought I'd laugh at a funeral, but also, I did change to her, like, I remembered she had a British accent-ish. I know, you did that mid-page. And I I did that mid-page, and I was like, I've got to get back on the reading. But this is uh, hilarious. Thank you. It can I give my hot take? Please, yeah. It I, gives Andy um, an out. She never has to tell her she's replacing her because mm-hmm. she dies. Yeah. So she like never has to fully be the asshole, right? Or, like that's only something she and Miranda have to sit with. Yeah. Which also, so like in the so this happens in the movie. She does get hit by a taxi, yes. but then and the stuff goes flying in the air. Uh, she doesn't die. She is in the hospital, and Andy visits her. And, and it, she has, like, a broken leg, and her face is all fucked up. Yeah. I would just not tell her at that point, you right. didn't get Paris. Right, because she's clearly not going to Paris. You're you in can't the hospital. Go. Yeah, like, you're, you're, you're a mess. You, can't, you cannot go to Paris. You need to rest and get well. So, like, doctor's orders, it's no one's fault. Like, the doctor said you can't go. Act of God. Oh, what did I need to tell you about before? Uh, uh, don't worry about it. I took care of it. I took, it's handled. What can what? I do for you? Uh, so I did think it was weird. She tells her anyways, but I also, as it happened and I was, I, I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters. And as I was rewatching it with the taxis, like totally, I forgot all about that. And I kind of in the whole like devilish sense, like, wouldn't it be crazy 
if this hellish nightmare job got someone fucking killed. Yeah. And also, if Andy could have just gotten it, gotten it out and said, like, you're not going to Paris, Emily would have stopped. Right. But it was Andy's hesitation yeah, on pulling her. the trigger in this version. I mean, in the movie that gets her hit by a car. But a, a yellow taxi in New York City. <laughs> uh, uh, you live in New York long enough, a taxi will hit you and knock you onto the hood. The only thing I'm kind of mad about is I wish she, she got hit by a, a tour bus, like those double-decker tour buses. Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't take enough liberties. Tour bus would have really late. I mean, there wouldn't have been, it would have been a very close casket. <laughs> it would have been. <laughs> also, in this version, uh, Emily's family is not there. It's just her grandpa playing bagpipes. I like that. Which I, I think she is British. Is that right? Or? She's like, she's got like a British-ish accent. I slided it over to Scotland for the bagpipes. and the, I liked it. Yeah, just because like the red hair. I went I went red hair racist. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm half Irish, so I'm, I'm allowed to. I'm uh, Irish too, yeah. yeah I, I totally I totally got it. <laughs> Fully, yeah, I, I, I get it. We both have a lot of sunscreen in our, in our yeah. lives, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But so in this version... The death weighs on Andy. Mm-hmm. And when she finally, because when she's about, when, like right before she quits, uh, Miranda's like, you've done the same things I have to be where you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, throwing someone under the bus would have been beautiful if she actually got hit by a bus. You get it? Yeah, no, that's, no. that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but so in this version, the death would be like, I can't, I'm, I don't have this. I'm not, I'm not a killer. You know, I, I don't yeah. have like, it's, it's one thing to say when you're grieving, even if it's someone you've just been working with for a few months, and to say like, okay, well, she's dead. I got to go. Like, you're not thinking yeah. clearly. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a reason uh, funeral homes will sell you anything. You're, you're just, yeah. Your brain's not there. Yeah. But then it kind of becomes like lucid over her Paris trip of like, whoa, we haven't done the same things because someone's dead. Yeah. We were at the funeral. Yeah. And I can't do this anymore. Right. And you maybe criticize what I was wearing at the funeral. Like, yeah, I mean, I think at that point she's like fashionable. They do a very right. quick montage. Yeah. There's several montages in this film that are just bonkers. Like, they, there's one of her, like her kind of pretty woman moment where she's like, here are your clothes. And then you see her going to work and it keeps, every time a bus passes in front of her or like a door yeah, opens, yeah, 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 yeah. she's in like a new fashionable <laughs> outfit. It's like, how many fucking outfits did Nigel give you? Well, yeah, and I'm like, you just get to go into that thing, like, all the time now? Like, yeah, you, and you haven't even been accepted to Paris yet. Like, why do you get to go in the closet all the time? Yeah, she, yeah, there's like, I mean, we say closet, but it's like a hanger of clothes. Yeah. Uh, Heidi made some popcorn. I made I'll, popcorn. I'll join you in the popcorn. The joys of doing a remote shoot. A remote, a remote recording. Is there a gar- garlic salt on this? I Oh, yeah, do not. I know, I like it a lot. Fuck, I should have told you, because what if you're allergic to garlic? Yeah, I put a little it'd garlic be, It'd be a great, great twist. <laughs> I think if you're allergic to garlic, you probably ask that about a lot of things, because garlic's in a lot. Oh, yeah, you're right. I would guess. This is really crazy. So, like, Emily dies. Emily does die in this. And it also, at the very end of the movie, part of the reason Emily is so pissed off she didn't get to go to Paris was because of all the free shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy's gonna get like just draped in free clothes. Yep. Uh, chilling with Miranda. So at the very end of the movie, Andy calls Miranda at the off, or Andy calls Emily at the office, who's like hobbling around on crutches in the actual film. And she, they have an exchange where she essentially gives her her Paris clothes. Yeah. As kind of a, I'm sorry for, you know, climbing on top of you to get where I need to be, mm-hmm. which by the way, you don't need to be sorry. Like Emily fucked up her job. Yeah. You stepped in. And the boss made a decision. Right. Not, not whatever. But she's a nice lady. So in my version, what 
Andy would do at the end is call into the office, but it's like the new assistant picks up. Uh-huh. And she's just as frazzled yeah. because Miranda has tried to replace her with like, Miranda said all the all her old assistants fit a type. They were yes. like these like skinny, modely like, but they were shockingly not the hardest workers. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> turns out these like supermodels in New York didn't want to like get Work coffee hard. for her. Yeah, <laughs> so she picked like the frumpy girl with a brain, and she was good. Right. That's like <laughs> so. So now now that's her thing. She hires frumpy girls with right. brains. She's like, you've got to have a bad sweater. You need to dress like shit if you're gonna yeah. work for me. At least in the beginning, until you meet Nigel. But so she calls the new assistant and is like, hey, I've got something for you. And she gifts her the Paris wardrobe. Oh, wow. So it's like passing the fashion baton to herself instead of just giving it to Emily's hobbling ass. I like that. Yeah. I mean, because Miranda needs an assistant. She's probably going to have two in there running around. So she's like, I'm going to up your game. Like, you're not going to have to even get to Nigel. I'm going to look out for you. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't know me because you don't know that you're a version of me. Yes. So I'm going to help you get there faster. Yeah. I'm going to accelerate this whole thing. Yeah. You're like, she's, trust me, you're going to need the fucking hat and the vest. Yeah. And I don't need it where I'm going to work at this, this bullshit newspaper because I'm staying with my boyfriend where she winds up. Could she also maybe, I keep like being like, could it be a bus? Could she, I would also love if possible, maybe like a graveyard scene where she leaves like a Chanel belt on the- Oh, that'd be great. Right? Paying her respects. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Right? Yeah. So she helps the girl, but she also is like- I'll never forget you, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Like in honor of you. Like, I know you can't wear this, but like- this special like one but now no one can wear it <laughs> yeah so yeah so maybe something at the graveyard too would be nice that'd be a nice finish i didn't mean to punch up your one page. no I, lo- I love it please i just I, feel very passionately about this no i movie. I, I honestly i forgot i forgot how like it's it's fun there's a reason this movie made hundreds of millions of dollars Dude. like it's like a fun uh wish fulfillment thing of like what if I just got whisked away to the world of high fashion? What if Anne, Anna Wintour just fucking... Also, I will say as a side note, now that we've finished the pages, um, please look up Anna Wintour, like, recently interviews, like, about Trump, about, like... Um, what she got to say? She's fucking hilarious. Okay. Like, she's fucking hilarious and, like has such an energy in her like interviews that I would like to incorporate now in my life. Like Mm. someone was like, asked her about Trump's like fashion and Melania's fashion or whatever. And, and like, how did they represent the U S as like fashion people or whatever? And she completely ignores the question and just goes, well, first lady Michelle Obama really was the pinnacle of the U.S. in fashion, and like, nice. w- and like, refers to her like as if she's still the first lady. That's great. And then the uh, person like lets her finish, and then goes, "Well, yeah, but you, you know, like M- Michelle Obama is not the first lady right now." And then she just barrels through her again, and just goes. She really made the most use of you know African American, <laughs> like just barrels, like yeah. just. You're not going to make me say something mean about someone else. I'm just, but going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really fuck with them anyways. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm gonna fuck with you anyways. Like yeah. you're asking me about like U.S. representatives, like you know White House representatives of fashion, right. and I'm not gonna discuss 
Melania or Trump. Right. And then like the the lady still tries again and she's like, well, what do you think about Trump and his pantsuits? And like, would you give him any advice? And she just takes this long pause and she goes, you know, I don't think he would call. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like she's like not like I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna tell you that like obviously he's a fucking idiot and right. his dress. I'm not gonna say the thing you want me to say. I'm not gonna say the thing you no. want me to say. I'm gonna be like I don't think he would call me for that. Right. Like so I'm not gonna answer your bullshit ass question about his garbage fitting suits and that like, we all yeah. know are garbage. Like right. don't his, like, make scotch me scotch tape ties and like this. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love As that. a you- side note of Devil Wears Prada and Anna Wintour, please look up her recent interview questions. And I certainly will. About Trump and um, another one about recycling, like the fashion industry, because they always turn over a lot of stuff and like climate change and da 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 da. And, and they're like, what would you do about like fashion and climate change? And she's like, I think we're all aware of the problem. So we're doing our best. Um, Uh, You'd be wrong about that one, Anna. (laughs) Some pretty pretty key players in the problem are not, they're not aware. Yeah. Which is maybe the biggest part of the problem. Part of the problem. But she sort of answers her own questions on her own accord, which if she's not, if you're not on her side, I guess essentially is a red herring, like where you don't really answer the question. Totally. Is what journalism calls it, I guess. But is, do you, uh, do you think, I, I probably, this goes into me being a bad host, or lazy, that's the word, uh, for writing. Do you think Anna Wintour liked this movie? Or do you know? Oh my God, I never thought about that. I would think that some parts of it, if I was her, which in case you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm not, I would think she would laugh at some parts of it, and like anything she didn't like would be like, well, that's silly. Yes. Like, I think she, especially like, based on your cadence of this interview thing, like, at the end of the day... Water off a duck's back? Like. Well, first of all, if you, if you gave me, like, 60 bucks, I wouldn't worry about anything for a while. Like, if I was, like, very rich, I certainly wouldn't worry about anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if... <laughs> I think at a certain point of your success, you just have to be like, it's whatever. Who, who it's cares? It's whatever. And it must be flattering on some level that anyone would make a fictional yes. cartoony kind of, like that's yeah. got to be yeah. flattering. You yes. Know? It's, like the, it's like when Weird Al does the parody, you're like, oh, I made it. Yeah. I'm finally in the... I think the part she would really like, I don't know if she liked the whole movie, and like you said, I think she parts she didn't like would just almost be laughable to her. Um, uh, I imagine, I hope, I hope she's not hurting. I, I never want anyone to hurt from a joke, um, but it fucking happens. Um, it happens. It happens. It happens all the time. But I do think that one part she would really like is when Andy is like starting to like semi take the job seriously by like taking down notes, but then like laughing snarkily. Yeah. Um, at like, cause they're trying to compare two belts that like r- pretty much look alike to people who don't know. And she's like, <laughs> okay. And like Miranda catches her little snarky laugh and gives this fabulous speech about like, oh, you think you're just wearing a blue fucking sweater from TJ Maxx or wherever? And is like (laughs) that and gives this whole history of the shade of that blue and how it made it to TJ Maxx and it was originally on the runway. Like that shade was originally on the runway and then like she goes like, so you by you thinking that you're snarky by avoiding it, you're actually like 
falling perfectly into the system we've created. Yeah, like blue sweaters don't just happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like the gist of her. Yeah, yeah. And Anne Hathaway's like, fuck, she's like, she totally like freezes her on that. <laughs> yes, and she's like, she's right. Yeah, Maybe blue right. sweaters don't just happen. Don't just, and, and, and like the the <laughs> shopping cart on the corner where I buy my clothes, <laughs> according to everyone in this movie, who calls me fat and ugly for like two hours. Yes. So, but I do think she would enjoy that point. Uh, I know you mentioned this, or you kind of referenced it. Like, what were your, maybe this is before we started recording, you said you had some alternate pages you were considering changing. Yes. What were some of those, if you can remember them? Well, specifically, um, my runner-up was the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. um, which was, like, when he's like, I got my fucking chef job in New York, and da-da-da-da. And, like, originally, Andy is... Or in the in the original script, she's happy and she's like, "That's so great! I'm so excited for you!" Like supportive out the gate, like yeah. the opposite of what he's done for her. Right? She's supportive out the gate, and I wanted her to be like, "You know what? Fuck you!" Like I wanted her just to be like, "Fuck you! You want me to be fucking excited for you? You haven't been happy for me for the last fucking year and a half. Why don't you go make your fucking grilled cheese sandwiches and get the fuck out of my face? Yeah, you've been such a fucking dick. I can't believe I've let you." Fuck me for the last year and a half during the most fucking stressful, growthful time of my life. Hope you fucking enjoy your new fucking job at Cheesecake Factory. Like you, you loser. Yeah, you, you fucking, you fucking loser. loser. Like I wanted her to just like take everything that he's said to her in like the 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 entirety of the thing and just release it onto him. Um, I thought that's what you were gonna do. Yeah, I think yeah. When I first emailed you about this, you you alluded to like. He's you wanted villain. you wanted to do a Nate thing, yeah. And so I was expecting when we started reading that this would be her unloading. Yeah. But I like that you went all the you went the nice way. Yeah. It was Show like, some real maturity of what yeah. what can be. <laughs> uh, unloading on someone in a restaurant—that's a young man's game. <laughs> <laughs> like realizing your own faults and like and realizing you've been projecting—that's some adult shit. Well. So you kind of you you went with a more like emotionally mature yeah. version of the same like we need to talk about Nate moment. Yeah, like, yeah. maybe Nate's been struggling as much as totally. Andy's been struggling. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't mean that they're going to end up together forever or that they're not going to end up forever, but, like, why don't we fucking be adults about this? Totally. You guys are adults, right? Yeah. Like, and I get it doesn't maybe make it, maybe it doesn't make it a better movie, but right. that's just the thing I wanted to change for them as people. Yeah. Um, so that was my runner-up. That was your runner-up. My runner-up was around the Harry Potter manuscript. Mm-hmm. And so she, in the movie, she's like trying to get the manuscript and like, no one is giving you the fucking, <laughs> manuscript. Un- this, this thing is worth like t- hundreds of millions yeah, of priceless. dollars. Yeah, like, MasterCard priceless. We're, or we're talking that. about, it'd be like, it, it just, like, it'd be like if you had a hard drive with, with a, a film's, like a, a finished film on it a month before it comes out. Game of Thrones, like you said. Yeah, like, like the studio would sue you for a billion fucking dollars. Like, if, you, if you put out a new Star Wars on your like, like, oh, I just lent it to my friend. He wanted to see it. And, like, kids? Like, just yeah. kids? Kids on a train. Which, kids leave shit on trains all the time. Like, what? I think. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have numbers to back that up. But, but like, anecdotally, kids I believe leave, they do. Kids leave shit everywhere. Yeah, so why wouldn't they leave it why on trains? Why wouldn't they leave it on trains? Yeah. Uh, which is where the, the manuscript lands in these kids' hands. So the, the version I had was she calls up a hunky Christian uh, who is going to help her because he knows a friend of a friend who does the covers, the art, convenient friend to have. And also, the art guide never knows what's in the fucking no, not right. They're not like they're not like art, dude. We need you to have the whole fucking book to draw Harry Potter on a broomstick or whatever the hell he's on. They're on just these like, things. hey, art, dude, 
make sure there's a broomstick. Make sure here, you've here's got what we glasses. need. Here's, here, here's the gist. You come give back. Give us three yeah, options. Yeah, give us options and. Thank you for your work, by the way. I'm a good boss, Mr. Art Person. <laughs> I, I, I give you attaboys. So the version I was going to have was she calls Christian, but instead of him saying, I'll help you out, he, he kind of has a Nate in, this, in your version moment where he's like, Andy, you're a writer. Get to work. These kids won't know one way or the other if it's the new Harry Potter. Right. And Andy goes back to her apartment and like takes an Adderall and hammers <laughs> out, just straight up writes a new Harry Potter book. <laughs> And when Emily is like, Emily's like, how the fuck did you do that? Or like, I can't believe you did that. She's like, it's not coming out for a year. Like, by then I'll be out of here. Right. And these kids won't know. They're fucking kids. And like, it's not like Miranda Priestley's going to double check her work. She's no. too busy figuring out blue sweaters and stuff. That's Look, uh, if you're going to take anything away from this podcast about writing, you can write whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and like, there's no reason. So what if the kids come back and like, wow, the new Harry Potter book like is really weird. And like, it doesn't fit the tone. Like... So what? Uh, J.K. Rowling was on some shit, and she like wrote it like it would things be- get rewrites yeah, too. So- like even if she's not out of there, like it could be like that's a rewrite. Like yeah. I don't know, it changed. Yeah, I think, and as unrealistic as it is to write a several hundred page book in three hours, I think that is still more grounded in reality than getting a copy you, of the actual book, which would was, not happen. That would never happen. Never happen. That's not ever happening. Yeah, you think the art guy is going to lose that sweet gig for your dumbass he's never even met? Friend of a friend? Friend of a friend? Are you kidding me? Like, you have any... Also, not to be, like, rude or, like, not woman-ish, but, like, you haven't even fucked this bitch, and I'm just going to give you... Oh, yeah, if I'm on the phone with Christian, like, wait a minute, you're telling me this is a girl with a boyfriend who you hope to one day have sex with, Right. Like, this isn't even, like, your girlfriend. Like, I'm not even, like, giving your longtime girlfriend. I'm not girlfriend. even giving you. I'm not like, even giving you. Y- you, and it's, he's not even, like. Also, you- Christian's a douchebag. Why am yeah. I giving douchebag Christian a copy of, like, and putting my own life? My reputation in this, like, what I can only imagine to be a highly competitive creative field, doing I, the cover art for Harry Potter. In 2006? Sweet gig. Very good gig. Yeah, you don't want to blow that for, so I think. I've cut everybody off at that point. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm doing Harry Potter's fucking art gig for the next year, and I have five friends. Yeah, I have five friends, three phones, none of them are on, and you can (laughs) never get a hold of me on the weekends. And that's my life if I'm doing Harry Potter. And that's my life right now. Yeah, so in this version also, because, or not this, my other alternative page change, uh, Christian would she would sleep with him later because he was actually supportive of her mm. and believed in her. Mm. And so it kind of, not just like he, he did her a favor. And Nate's still an asshole. Nate's still an asshole. Mm. So going back to our two we changed, I think these could coexist in the same script. I, like, I agree. There's not really any reason why Nate could be supportive and then Emily still dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anything, she has more to like, She's more aware of relationships yeah. and how, how fragile it all is. Yeah. There's a tendency to take the people we love for granted sometimes. And yeah. Nothing like someone you work with getting hit by a bus or a taxi to really put that in perspective. And even our second page choices where like Christian's supportive and then she breaks up with Nate at the end. Like, yeah, that, that would work too. Yeah. So, so both so, of our alts. Right. They wouldn't necessarily work if you swapped them. No. But the... the the ones First we did, choices work together. And the second choices, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other question I always ask is, is the movie still called Devil Wears Prada in these? And I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't. Yeah. Because it's still Miranda is the devil. Well, and it's also like a, yeah, I guess Miranda's the devil. Devil Wears Prada. But is she the devil if Nate's the asshole? 
In the devil wears nada. And the devil, the devil wears like plaid boxer shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Nate's Nate's fashion choices are just as curious as as everyone else's in this film. The devil loves cheese. Yeah, um, the, the devil is very protective. He also buys strawberries at one point. And he's like, these are six dollars. Like he has two lines where he references the dollar amount of food. Yeah. And I just don't. I was like, for a dude who works in the restaurant industry, you just buy quality ingredients and I'll get it. Like, you don't need to tell me how much these strawberries cost. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Or like, just even say, like, I got the good, like... I got that, nice... Like, I got the good stuff. It, like, it, feel, it cheapens the experience to be like, this is $8 of cheese. Like, like what, are we in the Great Depression? <laughs> also, like, last night, I went to Whole Foods to get, like, us, like, some nice uh, skirt steak to put on the grill. I'm nice. not even a chef. And I was like, oh, I just, like, asked the dude and... Uh, FYI, it was on sale at Whole Foods, and we got like I was cooking for like my boyfriend, his brother, and his brother's girlfriend, and it cost me sixteen bucks for like nice skirt steak for four people. That's a deal at Whole Foods. Anything less than I went to Whole Foods to buy like some sandwich making materials, and I wound up leaving there spending like thirty seven dollars. Oh, I was, I was gonna, like, I was gonna <laughs> say probably fifty. I was like, yeah, I was like, how did I was like, how did that? How just, did that happen? I came in here to save money on lunch. Nope. I will say though I have some like very nice like spicy mayonnaise now that I'm I'm really it's going on a lot of sandwiches. Some, yeah. of, some of that thirty plus dollars was an investment in future sandwiches. Yeah, yes. But still that's how they get you. Yeah, that is. Yeah. They're like, you're gonna use this again. But but yes, for Nate, like you're a fucking chef. You shouldn't be like these strawberries were six dollars. Like it's that a should really just be line. like a passion of yours where you're like, I've fucking whipped up strawberry shortcake. Like it's not even full ingredients either. He's always like this cheese, these strawberries. Like, yeah, it's like, like you didn't your, even do like a full meal. Like, there's not even like a side dish. What's your restaurant? Like? <laughs> <laughs> this place sounds fucking awful. Uh, Heidi, thank you so much for doing this. Before we get out of here, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug uh, to all the viewers out there in podcast land? Um, the Funny Dance Show is going to come on E! in January 2020. Um, but until then, why don't you just follow me on Instagram uh, at the Redhead Heidi? I edit my photos, so I'm cute to look at online. Great. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Heidi. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.